Shout out to you and Athletics for sponsoring this episode of Tax Season. Urine is a durable sneaker, a fly sneaker, a sneaker you could sport almost anywhere, a sneaker you could play basketball with. I don't re- recommend trying to jog with them because they're a little heavy. I tried it. It wasn't really working out. My leg was getting a little tired. But I tell you this, you could do everything else in them. You could bowl the other way. You know what I mean? So if you need some Ewans, make sure you go to UNAthletics.com to get 15% off at the checkout and put Tax15 is your promo code. Be safe, though. Say hello to the bad guy tax season. How everybody doing? I just got back from my London trip. Tax season live was great, man. It was a, it was a great vibe, as, um, as, as Fran would say. And um, I appreciate it, man. People, I really was shocked by the, um, the amount of people and, like, the shit people was telling me, like, that they liked about me and shit, like... People telling me they drove three hours to come see me. Dude was like, yo, we drove three hours from down south. I'm like, down south? You know, I hear that. I'm thinking North Carolina or some shit. <laughs> and they talk about down south London, like wherever that is. You know what I mean? But um, down south UK or whatever. But, um, yeah, that shit was shocking. And dudes dudes coming to me, London gangsters, like, like yo, I've been shot. I've been stabbed. I've been kidnapped. I didn't been in jail, all this shit. He said, yo, you know it's not guns out here like that. So for a man to be shot, you know. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, all right. He was like, yo, man, but seriously, man, you know, listening to you, man, make me stay in the house and make me avoid doing certain things that I used to do. And I just want to say thank you for helping me become a man. And this other dude said he got to an argument with his girlfriend because he was coming because he drove two and a half hours to get there. And he was like, I told her, like, I got to come. Taxes taught me so much. I got to come. And I was like, yo, I said, that shit is I'm, that made me appreciate what I, what I say. You dig what I'm saying? Because what I say, everything I, I do is a lesson in it. You know what I mean? Even when it's a joke. I say that to say this. Don't get slapped. But um, <laughs> we here with um Miss Cleo's long lost granddaughter. <laughs> no, you know, Miss Cleo wasn't even old. That bitch died at thirty six, so that mean that bitch was eighteen in the videos in ninety two. Wow. Yo, Miss Cleo was young as shit when she just died. I thought she was 65 back then. She just died at like 42 or some shit, son. Yo, how old was Miss Cleo? Somebody Google that shit real fast. Hold on. Son, Miss Cleo just died at like 42 or some shit. I was like, niggas thought she was 65 and 92. <laughs> I mean, she had a mature vibe about her, you know? No, she was a scam <laughs> artist. That's what she was. Nah, she was a scam of lamb. She was born in 62. She was 53. 50, that's still young. We thought she was 53 back then. We did not think ago. she was nothing less than 50 back then. That's a fact. I remember Miss Cleo vividly. I don't know how old you niggas is, but I'm, I'm, I'm fake old. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we here with Mystic. What, what's your full name? Danielle Ioka. Danielle Ioka. Mm-hmm. You don't go by your Twitter name? What's your Twitter name? Mystic Lipstick. Mystic Lipstick. Yeah. Why is that your name? Do you used to sell lipstick or something? Or? 
actually, um, when I picked the name, I just made it to do like a beauty blog along with talking about metaphysical stuff because those were the two things that I'm I really am like into. Yeah. And so I said Mystic Lipstick, and it was just it just caught, and people just started going to that website more than my I guess you could say parent company, um, which was uh, called Vibrant Healings, which is now an umbrella for the other businesses that I am opening for myself. And it just it, it really caught and I just you know, I just kept it. How many businesses do you have? Do you um sell crack in your spare time? <laughs> well, basically like uh I was thinking about expanding to selling like products and um I also have began to write a couple of books. So I'm really like, you know, just like my own business, like who I am. A couple but of books. A couple of books, Ooh. yeah. So you're a brand. A brand, that's right. A brand flake? No. I'm going to call you brand flake. That's rude. You know, we call a white girl snowflake. I'm going to call you a brand flake. Why am I a brand flake? Because <laughs> you're a brand flake. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, um, yeah. Fuck shake with this bright ass light in my eyes. This, the, You know, this is the first episode we taped in, like, mad long because shake had to go back to, um, to Syria and give ISIS all his funds that he made off tax season prior to this to fund a new sale to see what they going to do about the next explosion that's going to take place in Paris or some shit. But, you know, that's besides the point. It's still Ducey season. But um, we here with the young sister, Danielle. I, she, she has nice toes, y'all. Thank you. You know, I always let y'all know how the ladies' toes look. Okay. Up <laughs> close yeah. and personal here. Yeah. With so, the camera. Yeah. Throw that HD on there just in case she hiding a corn. Because you, know <laughs> you know they'll throw contour on a corn. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know they'll contour a corn in this generation. Things are getting crazy after um <laughs> Lisa Turtle went crazy, but I say that to say this. Um, <laughs> Danielle Ioki. Ioka. Ioka. Danielle Ioka. And she has curly hair and um, nice kneecaps and <laughs> nice calves and thighs. And she has a nice, bright smile. And she has a great spirit about her. Right. She said she was going to read my um. What were you going to read about me? Well, I asked if you wanted to read your birth chart, but we don't have a time frame for yeah. when you were born so that changes like a lot in your chart but i don't know exactly when i was born but mm -hmm. something is telling me i was born similar to big what's that mean i was possibly mixed with jamaican rum and whiskey <laughs> really I'm not sure you know you just inconceived in a um Popeye's parking lot. I always felt that way. A Popeye's parking lot. I always get these cravings for Popeye's biscuits. So I asked my mother. I'm like, did my father get you pregnant? <laughs> you know what I mean? In, a, in the back of a, a Lincoln Town car cab in Popeye's parking lot on Pennsylvania and mm. Stanley in East New York. Shout out to all my Linden niggas. Be safe, though. Mm. So this is also the time when uh, in the middle of a shootout in Popeye's parking lot mm. and your mom had to go across the green pastures, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, um, Sean Poe, um, a general from Brooklyn who has got deported to Israel, um, he wants um, to Belize, matter of fact, and then went to Israel. He was, um, Sean Poe was born in a drop. 
coke ball in the pot. You know what I mean? So um, me, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly where I was born or, or what time. You know what I mean? Because at the, I'm a crack baby. You know what I mean? I could have been born in the Carter at the exact point that um, G Money realized that um, Poogie was on something. And he started doing jumping jacks. And <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? You know what I mean? I, I also could have been born maybe in Brookline Projects, you know what I mean? In the God Bodies home. Shout out to all the God Bodies in Brookline Projects. Or I possibly could have been born in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. Shout out to all the Cacrachos. Um there's many possibilities, so I'm really not sure. Mm. And I text my mother, and she hit me back, so she probably don't know either where I was born at. Okay, so, I mean, we got some basic information for you. We have, like, what your planets are in general. We just, we're not going to have... So what exactly are planets? Like, can you explain it? Yeah, so... Okay, so everybody knows what your sun sign is. Uh, so you have your sun sign, which is when you say, you know, I'm a Leo or how I'm personally a Libra. Um, so those are going to be the basics of the signs. And then you have a few other signs. So you're going to have your moon sign, which is basically how you emote. It also can explain a lot of stuff about your mother. It can explain about your experience with nurturing energy. You have your Mercury sign, which is going to show how you communicate with others. And it's also going to show show uh, a bit of how you think and how you mentally process. You have your Venus sign, which is how you relate to others. Um, it's going to show a bit of your love language, um, how you feel most comfortable receiving love and how you feel most comfortable giving love. You have your Mars sign, which is going to show a bit of uh, some things about your career. It's also going to show things about how you assert yourself, um, how you express anger. Um, it does talk about um, like, you know, parts of your sexuality. Um, also, you have your rising sign, which is what you need the time of birth for. That's going to show how you appear to others, how you come across when people first meet you. You have your Jupiter, you have your Uranus, your Saturn, and um, your Neptune. These outer planets are going to more so uh, show a more of a generational energy um, in terms of what they're in personally. But when they make aspects, and an aspect is how planets interact with each other, mm-hmm. it's going to show some of your lessons and it's going to show other expressions of like who you are and how that energy is modified. It'll also show it, they're going to give descriptors. So the whole entire chart interacts with, you know, the whole entire chart interacts together and the planets interact with each other. And it really does create a very unique energy that's literally catered just to you. So let's get into some. OK, let's let's figure this out. Let's figure. I want to know what my Pluto is. <laughs> Your Pluto's in Scorpio. So that's like a generational thing. So my Pluto's in Scorpio too. The the outer planets is considered an outer planet. They stay in a sign for a couple of years. Um, and honestly, it just depends on other things because sometimes the planets go retrograde so they can go backwards, which can make them stay in a sign longer. Um, so it really does span between... A year and a half, too. It can be like three years. What is years. retrograde exactly? Retrograde is when the planet, literally, it kind of goes backwards. Um, so it, as far as astrology, it's going to turn the function inward. So actually, let's talk about I that. Retrograde was the shit that um, 
the UN was trying to tell North Korea not to have to build nuclear weapons. I don't think that's the same thing. I think that may be, you know, a different term, maybe sound similar. Maybe it's uranium or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I've been through a lot. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, all right. So we're actually in Mercury retrograde right now. And so. Mercury retrograde. Great. What, what exactly is that? So basically when it comes to the astrological forecast of the moment you'll hear a lot of people complaining about mercury retrograde mercury rules technology it should sound like a fire northern lights from amsterdam (laughs) it's it can does it derive from british columbia it does not derive from british columbia i don't think so i mean yeah, I don't think that's where it comes from at no, all. Mercury. It just sounds like some fire-ass weed. Like. <laughs> I feel like if someone created a strand for Mercury retrograde, it'll put you in extremely deep thought and self-reflection. That's what that strand then, would do. I kind of want that. But to be honest, you have that in your natal chart. So I'm going to tell you what it does for, like, the forecast at the moment so like i was saying um in terms of how it rules the energy of the moment just you know over everyone mercury retrograde it can make your electronics mess up um it can cause like delays in communications um in travel so uh during mercury retrograde a lot of times people will overlook details um and it could cause you to, like, if you start something new during mercury retrograde you may once it's over which it takes about 28 days or so once it's over, you may see that you missed some important details, and you're like, "Why did I do that?" Or, um, a, you know what? My phone breaks every Mercury retrograde. I mean, not everyone. That's dramatic, but so which like which time of the year is it? A specific time the Mercury retrograde arrives? Yeah, it, it happens. Uh, I think, it, and don't quote me on the exact period, but it's like every seven months or so mm-hmm. for about 28 days, Mercury goes retrograde. So what is Mercury exactly? Mercury is the function, um, as far as the overarching energy over, like, everyone, it's going to rule, like, communications, technology. Mercury also rules doctors. So are my tweets not lit? Can I blame it on Mercury? I mean, you may be able to, but I feel like that's a that's a that's a stretch. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> but like, if you have a lot of typos or say that Twitter is not sending your tweets, that can be a Mercury retrograde thing. A lot of sites tend to go down during Mercury retrograde, and you know, like stuff just starts like really fucking up. Like, or you know, you like people may mess up their appointment times, or mm-hmm. like it's just a lot of like miscommunications that Did can happen. Did George Zimmerman get snuffed during Mercury? retrograde that's a good possibility i don't know we'd have to look Damn, that up nobody never told me what this shit was i thought it, it, when i first was seeing that shit tweeted because i'm so into um light blue gatorades and things of that nature i didn't know exactly what people was talking about i thought it was like one of those types of drinks that <laughs> that have electrolytes in it i was like damn i was stopping like at the rest stops after i was leaving towns from selling drugs and shit and i was like damn mercury retrograde they don't got that shit none of these gas stations you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah you can continue 
So now um, you have it in your natal chart. So I'm going to tell you what that means. Okay, so basically I'll tell you the karma of it first, um, which is very interesting because when you have uh, retrograde planets in your chart, um, just depending on if you do believe in past lives or not, I will say if you do subscribe to that you know, belief system. Past lives? Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Like, you know, like if you die and you come back and you live a new life. So it's kind of like. Shit, I've come back a couple times. So you know. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. How you know? I know. You can feel it? I died a couple times. In this life? Yeah. So that's not necessarily a past life. Now, that could be, that goes more into, say, like parallel lives or you weren't really done with this lifetime. So it's more so like lifetimes. Um, so someone could have had a past life in 15th century China, or, you know, and they could have been a man instead of a woman, or, you know, what may have you like it, all of that stuff changes based off of what you come here for to learn lessons, because Earth is a place where we learn so many lessons, I feel like you start learning like immediately, like, you know, you learn things as a child it's the way that the human experience goes uh, we're always processing things we're always trying to assimilate information into how it relates to us and our experience you know like we're constantly learning and growing while we're here we're learning um, a lot of things come with discipline there are a lot of limits you know to our energy here because we're in a physical body we're in physical form um it's a very, you know, matter, matter. You can't just, I don't know, like you can't think yourself physically into China, you know, even though your mind can be there. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you know how people say like, you know, my mind was somewhere else, but it's just, it's not as easy for your body to just automatically be somewhere else. You get what I'm saying? So it's a lot but of, don't you, you don't feel if your mind is somewhere else, your, your, your physical isn't either, even though it's really not, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I, I get lost a lot, like, you know, like, that's why I like social media so much, mm -hmm. because I'll get lost in other cultures, like, I'll go explore, and I'll be, like, on a whole bunch of people's Instagrams from Kenya, yeah. and I'll get lost there, and I'll see places that they were, and I'll, like, make these places up in my head, whatever club it was, or whatever, and, like, literally imagine myself there, and I really try to embed, that's why I, I feel like I like worldly subjects so much. Mm -hmm. But, um, continue. I'm drunk. <laughs> so, like, that goes to, um, have you ever heard the saying that you're a spirit in a body, not a body with a spirit? Well, I've had a few women snatch my souls. <laughs> so... Basically, like, you know, like you can energetically connect to someone who is in China or who is in um, Africa. You can connect mm -hmm. to these things because energy, um, it moves throughout all space, time and dimension. You know, That's true. Shout out to the African nigga. Um, Daoul, I was sending the um, special K from Africa back in the <laughs> day through DHL. Be safe, though. So, you know, basically, like, your energy can be there. That's why it's really easy. You can feel someone's energy through a text message or on Twitter, on social media, and you're not physically in the same location. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like... You can, your like, your energy can be somewhere else, but, you know, your physical body obviously is wherever it is, you know, 
on the map, you know what I mean, on the physical map or whatever. Um, so yeah, like, so lifetimes, uh, go, you know, to like, you know, like you having different identities, uh, when you come back living in different time periods and, and things of that nature. So when you have Mercury retrograde in your chart in your natal chart, which is what we're looking at, those planets that are personal to you, it shows that you could have your words could have caused some sort of a a dire reaction, a fatal reaction. Um, Someone could have died from your words because you didn't choose them wisely or because you you took your words um, too lightly. And it caused uh, some sort of uh, an effect that you weren't necessarily expecting. Um, And so now that could, of course, be a variation or a myriad of a billion things, you know. Um, But in this lifetime, a lot of times what you're going to do, you're going to say something or you'll take in some information and you will go over it like a billion times in your head after the conversation has happened. You may dissect what it is that you're saying or you dissect what it is that you want to say to someone and look at it from different angles, try to view things from every angle possible before you just, you know, give your opinion on something when it comes or express yourself when it comes to having conversations with others. Of course, there's going to be times where you are just like having conversation like this. But when it comes to things that may like really matter, that may cause you to have to express yourself or truly express your thoughts in a way um in terms of communicating something directly or intentionally to someone else, you may, even after you say it, did I say this right? Did I come across the right way? And this, um, you know, did they get what I was trying to say? Was well, I my, never do that. You may. I don't give a fuck what they get. Really? Nope. I don't care to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to leave a lot of things in a riddle mm-hmm. for people just to, to test people's cleverness and and see if they could pick certain things up but i don't give a fuck about um none of that shit but you don't have to care like as far as like telling the other person everything that you're thinking Mm -hmm. but you know or sometimes something may happen and then you'll think about it like a week later and something else about the situation just hits you like okay and you process it a completely different way um But I do feel like anyone with Mercury retrograde, one of the things about this placement is that you you really dissect your thoughts and you may dissect what you said to someone, even if you're not conveying to them that you don't care, you know, about what they think or even if you don't care to explain it to them. um, It's a very reflective placement. Um, It's it turns the function of Mercury inward. So it's like you can be an extremely reflective individual um, in your thoughts. uh, You don't take your thoughts lightly. Um, You really do like dissect them or you you pay attention, uh, your thought process is just, is turned into a more reflective state, um, you know, than someone who doesn't have that in their chart. When did you, um, when did you discover that you had this, this art or, or power? You might say. So, uh, when you say that in context of just what I do in general or just with astrology, with astrology, with, you know, just um, with everything as a whole. 
um, on the spiritual side of things, uh, seeing that I had like a deeper and, a, you know, a very natural connection with the spiritual world and being very aware of it. It did start when I was very young, around like three. Um, and it's something uh, that I it's, it's just interesting because I just remember I did this like last year, but it was so profound when it hit me and, and what it actually means. I used to view all of my negative thoughts or anything scary that I was holding in my mind and I would see them on a movie reel going out of my window every night before I went to sleep so that I wouldn't have nightmares and that's something I started doing and at that age I was already starting to be aware and conscious of energy and the effect that it has on you um I used to always see shit like you know like zooming past me like a shadow going past the door and um things like that um that was told you it was crazy Mm-mm. And the reason why is because a lot of people in my family are very spiritual. Um, like uh, my grandmother. You even... look spiritual. <laughs> really? Yes, ma'am. Well, I, I, I'm going to take that as a compliment. So I do so. Thank you. <laughs> so like uh, my grandma, she's very intuitive. Even She's Christian, but she's still very intuitive. Um, you know, she just feels things and, you know, she knew when things were going to happen. She would have dreams, you know, and I think that's something that we see a lot in like, you know, like the women in our family. Uh, oh, I had a dream about fish. That means you're pregnant. You know, this that's spirituality. You know what I mean? Like, even though it may have not been put Is under that. Is it spirituality or dumb maturity? I don't think it's dumb maturity. <laughs> because these things came about because they're they know this patterns there was a pattern with it a lot of times people would dream my about my mother was like oh your left palm itching you're gonna get some money <laughs> i think i got shot like a week later <laughs> that is a superstition <laughs> um and i guess uh like dreaming of fish is a superstition to a degree but a lot what of people about crossing the pole what you ever heard somebody say don't cross the pole? Like don't split? Like, yeah, yeah. Split yeah. The pole. That's a superstition as well. But what I'm talking about, even though like dreaming a fish could be considered a superstition, people have like prophetic dreams. Like sometimes people will have like vivid dreams of something that's going to happen. And it actually happens exactly the way they saw it in their dream. Or you hear about cases of like deja vu, like I've been here before and things like that. So spirituality prophetic dreams visions having feelings that something's going to happen and it does you know um you know uh like telling someone you know be safe don't go to this place i have a bad feeling about it all that stuff even though it's if we don't always call it spirituality or being spiritual being connected to the spiritual world that's what it is you know mm-hmm. um so yeah my grandma she was very into intuitive my mom she uh, had a lot of spiritual experiences like that as well, where she would see like shadows out the corner of her eye and things like that. Or um, her grandfather who had passed would come to her in her dreams and talk to her, um, being able to get messages from people who crossed over. So it was something that was known in my family. I have a lot of Native American roots. <laughs> I have uh, a lot of Native American roots. I come from... Uh, a line of shamanists of medicine women, Cherokee medicine women. Cherokee medicine women. Yeah. They sound like they fire. Like, <laughs> what they bought to like Cherokee medicine women were like the healers of their tribes. Um, people would go to them when they had different ailments or they illnesses. Did massages? Possibly. 
Ooh. <laughs> and so, like, um, Ooh. <laughs> shut up. Ooh. You was crazy. These haters on my body, shake them off. <laughs> So, like, you know, just like growing up in that type of environment, knowing these kind of things, um, I did find out about the medicine women later in life, but it just made everything make sense for me. Um, just uh, being able to, like, you know, just pick up on certain things, feeling certain things out. Um, it, it, it really did just it started. It's something I grew up with. So a lot of it, it, it just was a part of my normal world. Yeah, so I mean, and then when it comes to astrology, I was really interested in how people work. Um, I went to school for psychology um, mm-hmm. before I changed my major to music education. But yeah, like psychology was the thing that I, I really. You look uh, like you sing on the side. I like do. You got a sneaky R and B album. Or <laughs> EP coming out. <laughs> Twenty seventeen. I should have known. Ario mio ayudame, yo. Yo, this is crazy. What? Yo, Cole King Cooper. But um <laughs> I had a feeling you had a sneaky R and B album and you the curly hair. <laughs> the nice toes, the um the angelic vibe that you gave when you came in the room. You smelled nicely. Thanks. And I was like, Yeah, she got an A P coming. <laughs> 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 but, um, you know, like I got into astrology from like really being interested in how people work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then just really starting to study that. And I had gotten a chart reading for myself for a birthday. And uh, the astrologer was like, do you incorporate astro- astrology into your into your work, into your profession? And I was like, you know, a little bit. And I that wasn't it was something I'd more so like to do for my friends, even though I had been studying it for a few years. And he just kept urging me to do it. Um and so I did. And, you know, it's it, people really do receive what I, you know, say to them pretty well. You from Ohio, correct? I live in Ohio, but I'm from Maryland. Oh, you from Maryland, but you live in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Who you fucking out there? Jay Reed? I'm married. You married. Oh, okay. Fucking my husband. You fucking your husband. Yeah. That's why you in Ohio. You gotta have a husband in order to be in Ohio. There's no reason to be in Ohio. <laughs> there is, there is not a lot popping out there, but I can say there is. I mean, but you know, the Cavaliers are out there. The Cavaliers. How many times are the Cavaliers there? I mean, but they from there though. They from there. Cleveland. Or do they play there? The team was originated <laughs> in Cleveland. Ain't shit going on in Cleveland. Now, shout out to all my <laughs> Cleveland niggas. Niggas be hitting me with yappas from Cleveland on Snapchat for no reason. I'm like, my nigga, I believe you. Like, <laughs> listen, y'all don't have to prove to me that you gangster. I swear to God, I really believe y'all. Like, as soon as you say it, I believe you, my nigga. You ain't got to try to prove it. Niggas be wowing. And the nigga going to hit me on Snapchat the other day, busting on the girl face. This nigga said he got the shit. And this is like the third time this has happened. The nigga like, <laughs> nigga hit, he got the phone in his face like he just talking. He like, yo, shout out, yo, bro. I listen every week. Be safe, though. And the nigga's okay. nothing all over the bitch face. And she's like, uh, uh, making yes, Jules noises and shit. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I don't know what's wrong with you niggas. Listen, I believe you when you say you're having sex. You don't got to prove to me that you're having sex. I don't even give a fuck. That's intense. I'm going to be honest with you, my nigga. I don't care, son, that you're having sex, my nigga. I'm proud of you. Congratulations. (laughs) 
I don't give a fuck, my nigga. I don't care, son. I'm serious, son. You don't got to prove to me that you out here getting ass. Especially, and them bitches is, like, malnourished. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, there's so many rib cages in this equation. Like, I don't, me personally, I'm not a, I don't like rib cages when I'm having sex, but, you know what I mean? It's cool. Y'all niggas out there be safe, though. Shout out to you and Athletics once again for always supporting tax season. We appreciate everything they do for the culture and especially for our feet. You understand? You need Ewan's because Ewan's are durable. They're flying every manner. You can use them for almost anything. If you're Puerto Rican and you love handball, if you're black and you love basketball, if you're Jamaican and you're a bobsledder, you know what I mean? If you plan on being Serena or Venus, you understand? There's so many possibilities with this. Even if you decide to be Chris Jenner. You in athletics, you can wear them with any fit. Japanese denim, light denim, Levi denim, bootleg denim, fake jewelry, real jewelry. Make sure you wear your Ewans and your jeans is laying down nicely on the tongue of them Ewans and showing respect to the foot culture so these women can take you a little bit more serious this fall and winter. Things are getting serious. All the college homecomings are, are coming right around the corner, so make sure you be safe, though, and you go to UNAthletics.com to get 15% off and use promo code TAX15 to get 15% off. While also doing a giveaway, I want everybody to go to Tax Season Park and we're going to pin the tweet up there for more details because you want to get some free Ewans in your life. I could tell in your eyes. Ewanathletics.com, tax 15, 15% off, tax 15. Be safe, though. Back to you mm. having sex with Jay Reed from Akron. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I ain't no niggas in Akron was getting money. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shout out to um, God and In Too Deep. <laughs> That's the only thing Cleveland known for is In Too Deep and, and LeBron. But anyway. <laughs> oh, I think, um, ain't, ain't, ain't a little Bow Wow from me? No, Lil Bow Wow from Columbus or some yeah. shit, right? That's the Ohio. Yeah, fuck Lil Bow Wow. He's <laughs> supposed to come up here and nigga hit me from the airport one day. Like, yo, I'm, yo, I'm, I just landed in the airport. I'm about to come over there. Nigga ain't never come. I should smack the shit out that nigga, right? Mm-hmm. Alright. I ain't gonna smack him. My son bought people and bought cool. Bought got big teeth and a big forehead. He from Yonkers. But anyway. Um, <laughs> back to you, sister. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Nubian Princess? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? You look well. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> but, um you. back to the um the retrogrades. Yeah. And Gatorades and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Let's get into a reading. Can you read me? Sure. So the first thing I see about you is that you do have um honestly like all your planets are cancer in Leo. Um you have your sun in Leo, you have your moon twenty nine degrees cancer. So that's actually very interesting because we don't know what time you were born that actually could change the reason why is because each sign has 30 degrees so you have it from zero to 30 with it being at 29 degrees the moon sign changes every two days so it moves a little quicker than um say like the sun sign or whatever so with it being at such a close like call let me see what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna put um a time in say that you were born like really late at night and i'm gonna see if it switches over okay all right but other than that if like i was really 
born late at night, I would prefer that I was born on Sheffield the New Lots, um, during um Dope Dale preferably. Um, in front of the coffee shop. Those who really from the east and know about the coffee shop that was on Sheffield the New Lots, I don't expect you new you new young niggas that's over there walking around with blue flags in your pocket to understand it. This is not for you. This is only for the initiated. Be safe though. Back to you, Dania. So basically, if you were born in the morning, you'd have a Cancer moon. If you were born at night, you'd have a Leo moon. So that would make you a double Leo. A double Leo? Is that dangerous? (laughs) A little bit. It's a little dangerous. Is that a two-headline? Like, basically, like, okay. So let's just say that you were a double Leo. Uh, You would be very, very fixed in your opinion of things you'd be very fixed in how you feel about things and you'd have a lot of pride behind the way you feel because um you know integrity is important for you it's important to you um so you're not someone who's going to just like change what they feel because someone doesn't like it or someone disagrees with it or someone else says uh, that another way to feel about a situation is better you're going to really stand true to how you feel and what you believe about stuff because integrity is one of the most important things to you ever you know like you're someone who's going to be of your word you're going to be super loyal um now these are all like really good things the thing that could hold you back sometimes is you can be too stubborn you can be too in your way um you can be really fixed on things and it can be hard for you to to budge when you do need to grow you know what i mean like it can cause you to uh resist growth just because you uh you're saving face to a degree, you know what I'm saying? So at times you can get a bit arrogant um, and you can be quite conceited and self-centered. Um, at the same time, you're also extremely giving and generous to those who you do care about and who you love. Um, you are going to show people, uh, you know, like when you fuck with them, you're going to show them that you fuck with them. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be a secret and it's not going to be something that you feel uh, reserved about showing them. So these are things that would characterize you if you were to have Leo Sun and Leo Moon. Um, also, what that's going to show is that you're going to be working out some of the you're going to be fine tuning that energy. Your sun is who you're becoming and your moon is who you are already on an instinctual level. Um, so if you had Leo sun and Leo moon, that means you're trying to uh, create a total mastery of that Leonian energy. Um, so you are going to battle with some of the less desirable Leo traits. Uh, a big part of it is uh, insecurity. Um, feeling insecure and honestly, sometimes caring too much about what other people think of you um, in the sense of uh, you may feel as almost like you're always on a stage, like people are always watching you. And if you're not careful, you'll pay too much attention to that where, you know, like, um, uh, you can start performing and I'm not saying performing to please others necessarily, but you're too aware of 
who has their eye on you in the sense of you need to find like that center in yourself. And sometimes you need to say it doesn't fucking matter who's watching me. It doesn't matter who's criticizing me or scrutinizing me. You know what I mean? And like, you know, finding that center within yourself and not allowing uh, what people have to say or how people feel or what people try to do to you, allowing that to sway uh, you from being centered, you know, you, you know, standing in your, in your core and, and, and not allowing those things to get to you. You know what I'm saying? Especially if it's something dealing with negativity. Um, it, you also have very high standards when it comes to the people that you love. Sometimes you can feel like people need to serve you. Uh, it, and when I say that, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're like, oh, serve me. But you can be very demanding and you can be a bit bossy uh, when it comes to people who are very close to you on a, like, on a, like emotionally or whatever. I might be bossy. I de- I'm not demanding at all. Mm-hmm. But see, it, if you're bossy, then that kind of means that to a degree you're going to be demanding no why not because bossy just means that you're um basically um you know you're just running the show but (laughs) i'm not i'm not like when i request things i'm not expecting you know what i mean it's like always like you do it or you don't type thing Mm -hmm. it's not like it's a penalty if you don't maybe it is Mm. You know what I mean? Because I just don't, I don't talk much about penalties. So I just be quiet about them. And I'll see you later. That's a bit totalitarian. Um, (laughs) Where it's like, do what I want or suffer the consequences. Um, No, but I'm like, isn't that, isn't that what the world is about? Like, isn't like when you get a job, right? uh And they expect certain things from you. If you don't fulfill those things, it's a penalty. It's um you might get suspended or you might just get reprimanded or mm-hmm. whatever human resources come see you or some shit like that. It's the same thing. It's the same thing, but sometimes you have to communicate with people and try to see, okay, well, what is their point of view in this? How do they feel in this situation? Because... You know what, though? When people are... Of a certain age, I feel that there's a certain level of schooling that you shouldn't have to do. That's not fair. Because they should own a certain type of education by a certain age or even coming in the realm of certain people. So if you don't own that education, you automatically disqualify yourself. That's not fair. And the reason why I say that is because uh, some people their experiences like their life experiences haven't lent lent them certain lessons that you may have gone through and so what you think is common knowledge is something that's completely uncharted for them and i can i can agree with that to a certain extent i could mm-hmm. definitely agree that um i have put my standards or or burdens on people where I feel like you should know certain mm-hmm. things or and I understand and I not actually just posted something like that on Instagram um today that you got to realize that certain people pardon me are the burp that certain people just not built like you exactly so you expect of people what you expect of yourself mm-hmm. so I do know that you can't sit there and judge people for certain things that they're not capable of but 
I feel like it's just certain things in life mm-hmm. when you're a certain age that if you're not, if you don't know what it is, that I'm not, I'm not here to tell you either. I'm not mm-hmm. here to, um, to educate you on it. And I'm always with educating because I, I learn new shit every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I thought that I knew about slavery, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? For a lot of my life and I didn't really know. You know what I mean? I've really just learned, like, everything that I th- I think I could possibly know about slavery mm-hmm. this year. And it changed my whole outlook on life right. and who we are as, as people, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you take that example, right? So you take the example of you thinking you knew everything about slavery, and then you found out this whole other world of information, and it completely changed everything for you right so say the thing that you're expecting from someone they may understand it in a certain context but say because you have a deeper experience with that your experience and you communicating with them you know okay I feel like you should know this that and the third and honestly not going from it from that standpoint because that can make people defensive Um, but you know just telling them like sharing your perspective on it you know that could change them because maturity is relative you know just because you hit a certain age it's like you're not going to be mature to a certain point one if you don't do the work for that you know it takes a lot of owning your shit to become mature and you take someone who say their parents like never really made like held them accountable for things owning their shit is going to be something they have to learn even if they're 30 years old and so you take someone who's never been accountable or taken accountability for anything they've done because it's not it has not been their reality to do that they're starting from where you started at five at 30 you know what I mean Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's okay to not want certain people in your reality and into your experience. And it's okay to not want to put up with certain things. But one thing I had to learn, I'm a Leo moon too. One thing I had to learn is do not miss out on a good relationship or on good opportunities and throw everything else out that may be great about that person for that one thing that you feel very strongly about that they should know you know what i'm saying sometimes you gotta learn how to work with people oh no i've i've definitely reached that point where i've learned to work with people because i was way more strict before mm-hmm. and um i've have learned that there's certain qualities is good about people that overweight right they're, they're, they're bad mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's like i could keep this person around i may not like this or that this or that about this person but overall right it's okay you mm-hmm. know what i mean it's good so i've learned that but <clears throat> it's just certain things that is grown people i remember this this, this one, you know one of my one of my um one of my one of my comrades he was hitting me from um federal prison in pennsylvania and he was like yo he needed some money and he had me on the line with like four dudes it was like four dudes on the phone or like a four-way and some crazy shit or five i don't know what the fuck the number was but um he was asking for money and i was like um i was like well every nigga that's in jail no i don't write i'm not writing niggas mm-hmm. I, um, I just don't do it I'm, I, I can't do it you mm-hmm. know what i mean i just ain't what i'm into i will send you money I help you pay for your lawyer, and uh, I'll I'll get you some pictures sent to you. I have an assistant, you know what I mean. And um, 
like the moral of the story is is this i'm i'm just i'm just not that nigga you know what i forgot the moral of the story cuz i'm drunk <laughs> but um you were saying that like certain things that uh you know people should just know and so like what do you like what yeah. are you saying like one of those things are if you know if you if you already know how a how a how a person deals with certain situations, you shouldn't be surprised. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you you shouldn't feel like you know what I mean? Like me personally, like I feel as a grown man, it's just certain things like they was asking me, they was like, Yo, he was like, Yo, I need a thousand dollars for the lawyer. Um I need a thousand dollars more or whatever, I guess for his lawyer. I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, yo, I'll send it. And I said, do you have quick pay? Mm. I said, Chase quick pay. And niggas was like, nah. Everybody was on the phone was like, nah. So I was like, yo, y'all got to know at least one girl or somebody with Chase quick pay. You know what I mean? And if you got um, Bank of America, I could do it also through Chase quick pay because they allow it or whatever. And niggas was just like, nah, nah, nah. So, like, next thing I know, one of my other um dudes that was in jail wrote me and he was like yo they was like yo you were supposed to send a thousand dollars you never sent it i said listen first of all i don't sell drugs no more so i don't really be walking around with a thousand dollars on me you know what i mean it's in my bank account and i told them i would give the the um thousand dollars up if they had somebody they could do the quick pay because i wasn't meeting with none of them niggas and i just don't be talking to niggas there's criminals in the street you know what i mean these niggas that get you caught up in a case i'm doing mad positive shit mm-hmm. i fucking hang around one of you dickhead niggas i end up in your fucking indictment or some shit and i'm just not with it you know what i mean because mm-hmm. some of these dudes was really pussy like they wasn't doing anything in the street like i was outside really doing shit so i like nigga i don't want to be around you mm-hmm and get caught up in your nonsense right. and I'm not doing shit you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I'm like listen if you got quick pay I'll get it to you and I'm like listen y'all talk about all these girls you deal with Chase got a bank on every corner somebody you know got it I promise you mm-hmm. and like these dudes just couldn't find nobody so I say you ain't getting the money you ain't getting a thousand dollars but the thing was is that it was like yo I felt like you know where everybody is 30 something years old that somebody would have a bank account. The thing was, nobody even had a bank account. You know what I mean? And it was like, nigga, I shouldn't know you. I shouldn't know you, son. You don't even got a bank account. And I think that speaks more to, um, like, lifestyle. You know, I think that's that's not even a thing of uh, an isolated habit, per se. But I think it takes a complete mindset. So I think, like, uh, when you're talking about things that you should know, there are certain mindsets that create an overall lifestyle. And if that's not congruent with you, that's understandable. You know what I'm saying? Like habits are more so, oh, well, this person doesn't know how to express their feelings, you know, so they argue instead of, you know, uh, telling them, telling you just how they feel or whatever. And I feel like what you're talking about is completely understandable. Like sometimes you do have to keep yourself away from certain shit. You know what I mean? Because if you, reintroduce that into your energy then you may attract something that will pull you back you know that to resonate or vibrate on that level you know what i'm saying because we 
Okay, so remember how we were talking about how everything's energy earlier and how we're matter. And so yeah. how all physical matter is, is uh, like photons and neutrons, atoms and all the other shit vibrating at a very, very, very high frequency. And then it gives us the appearance of being solid. So that's like science. So it's like everything in this room is nothing but vibrations and it's vibrating at a certain resonance, which creates it uh, to, to have the illusion of it being a solid. Um, and so our thoughts, our emotions and everything like emits frequencies and vibrations you know what i mean and so you even pick that up on um like you know we have alpha brain waves we have delta theta brain waves that's energy that's vibrations that those machines are picking up alpha and delta i thought what is that exactly like alpha delta theta is going to be different um like it's different brain waves that we give off when we're in certain states so um they all show like, okay, like, you know how you go into, I believe it's theta sleep. So when you're in a deep sleep, your brain is giving off certain wavelengths to show what state of consciousness you're in. Mm-hmm. And um, like even your feelings and your emotions is going to give off different vibrations. That is creating everything in your reality. Like it attracts certain things to you. Um, because for anything, oh, my mother just texted me. What she said? She said I was born at night, seven forty-eight. Okay, so let's put that. See, look, I told you she may know. She ain't know. That's why she took so long to text me back. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But like you know, like with everything being a vibration or whatever, you know, um, it's kind of like things have to resonate for them to stick. Into what you're kind of creating with your vibrations, with your thoughts and with your feelings and your emotions. So when you take someone who's creating certain vibrations with their thoughts, feelings and emotions, and it's shaping and attracting different experiences to them. If you like interact with that person enough, then you can kind of like start to resonate with certain things and aspects of what they're giving off and then that's going to catch on and that's going to bring other things into your life and into your reality that's going to vibrate with it. So I feel like honestly on an intuitive level you kind of already understand that because you're like I don't want to be around that. I don't want to be associated with this because I don't want this outcome. Yeah. You know, I do. I understand that every to every action is a reaction. Right. So before I act on things, I think of all possibilities of what the reactions could possibly be. I said that about your and Mercury retrograde. What? How you think about everything. Oh, yeah. And, and you dissect I, it. You told me, I don't care. Did you say 748 p.m.? I don't Let me check again. Hold on. Yeah, seven forty eight at night. All right. Shout out to Mom Dukes. She jumped out the um out the truck with the bat when niggas was trying to jump me. And I was like, Ma, I have it, I'm a Spartan. I don't need your bat. You are so dramatic. But, um you know. <laughs> so you are Leo Sun Leo Moon. I'm I'm Leo. I don't know about Leo Sun, Leo Moon. I had beef with Moon before <laughs> Moon from Gowanus. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your chart now that we have your time? 
Let's go. Okay. So the first thing I see about your chart is that to a degree, you're kind of introverted um, when it comes to what it is that you're like feeling and what it is that you're thinking. These aren't things that you're going to share with people readily. These are things you're going to really keep to yourself. You process in a way where you don't necessarily feel comfortable with letting people know everything you're feeling, everything that you're thinking. You will allow people... You will allow people to know your outlook on life, though, you know, so, um, you know, like your philosophies on things um, and your outlook. But the way you process information and the way uh, like, you know, like how you mentally assimilate that stuff, that's a more personal process for you. Um, and the way that you emotionally process things, that's very personal. And it's not something that you're going to share very easily with others. You need time by yourself to recharge. If you're around people for too long, you'll probably get like irritable. You may start feeling like anxiety. Damn, she might really be a psychic. I don't know. <laughs> Holy shit. You may um, even start to get like kind of like anti-social a bit where you're like, man, get the fuck away from me. Like, you know, like you need time to yourself to recharge. Yeah. Indeed so. But what you do, though, you do get energy and there is a certain amount of confidence that you get when you can share your views with others, like as far as that outlook on life and stuff. So your sun sign, um, which is talking about like it, it has to do with like your confidence as well. And how we said your outlook on life, you do need that interaction with others to kind of, like that meeting of the minds in that way. Uh, as far as your philosophies on things and what may have you, that does bring you energy energy but if you do it for too long you know if you're sharing too much and you're around people for too long you just start to get irritable and you're over everything um i feel as if it it may take a lot for you to show people your anger as well um you may have to explode or blow up it's um when you get pissed off about stuff you don't really like you don't want people to see you know when you get pissed you don't want people to see your anger um that's something that you as well keep to yourself and i i feel as if uh you don't feel like people are privileged to that um you know you don't feel as if they deserve to see that those aspects of you they don't. Um, I mean, I agree. <laughs> uh, you know, I have, um, and the way I'm telling all this is, um, the way I'm seeing it is you have these planets beneath the horizon. Okay. And so what that means is that those are more internal. So I have Mars under the horizon as well, which is going to be like your anger and stuff. And one thing people used to always say, um, my boss told me one time, she said, you piss people off so much because they can't get a reaction out of you. So because... They can't because they can't piss you off. That makes them even more pissed off. And then they're like, oh, she's such a bitch because I can't piss her off. And it's just like you mad because you can't make me mad. You know what I mean? And so um, like if there was a definition of unbothered, it's going to be somebody with Mars under the um, beneath the horizon, below the horizon or whatever, because you're not going to give people that privilege very often. What I also see is that. um. You have what you call Chiron. We didn't talk about that. That's an asteroid. 
Chiron from where? Van Dyke? <laughs> Chiron, the wounded healer, okay? Well, That's the function. Shut up. <laughs> that is the function. The function of Chiron or how that energy is expressed is that it's the wounded healer. So that shows a wound that um, is a very sensitive spot for us that is not going to be healed easily but once we do deal with it we'll be able to heal others you have chiron in the fourth house and let me see what uh sign that's in it's in gemini okay so usually when people have common in the fourth house i didn't tell you about houses so there are houses and they depending on um like where your planet's are occupied is going to have um, a certain expression dealing with that house. Houses all mean different things. So the first house represents yourself. The second house represents finances. Third house represents um, siblings and, you know, peers and, you know, uh, like your mental faculties and things like that. Fourth house represents childhood, um, like the home, the unconscious mind, fifth house romance and all things dealing with Leo. So just like the signs go in order, the houses pattern after that okay so with you having Chiron in the fourth house that shows very painful experiences from childhood that need to be worked through um there could have been something that happened to you in your childhood that partic- that stuck with you and because the fourth house represents the unconscious mind as well on an unconscious level it's like deeply embedded it's it's created um an insecurity within you where you may not feel good enough um and it may be hard for you to allow people to get close to you because of that um so there is something that on a very deep and internal level that has kind of like created a scar there and it can it has something to do with the home, something to do with your childhood and um like the family environment or dynamic um growing up, something about the household. Well, the only thing that happened with me growing females was that I was abused by females. As a child? Yes, they jumped me, they beat the shit out of me. Chisa, you too, because you swear to God, you churchified now. <laughs> So yeah, hey, you know, I I not, I didn't have a hard hard upbringing. Mm-hmm. I just really didn't, you know what I mean? And and I'd be lying to say that shit, and I'd be lying when I'd be like, I grew up rough. Like I ain't really grew up rough. I didn't. Well, you know, maybe depending on what the United States makes growing up in the United States to be, you know what I mean? Maybe, mm-hmm. perhaps it doesn't have to be any type of cliche hard or easy or traumatic it's something that personally affected you so what everything affects me that happens in my life so you know Mm -hmm. from every little moment like you know i remember um remember my pops i remember my father um the last time i was with my father before he died we was in the car with t black and somebody else i don't remember the other nigga name it might have been Dizo from George I'm not sure um but long story short is that they were smoking in the car and the smell was like mad weird and then I smelled the woolly later on in Miami and nigga was like he's about to pass me the blunt my man stopped it like yo nah nah he be smoking dirties so I'm like what's a dirty and he like oh he got coke in his blunt so when I smelled the smell he sparked that shit I was like 
that's the same shit my pops and them was smoking in that car. You know what I mean? The smell like came right back to me. You know what I mean? But like, besides knowing it, my 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 mother and father was like functional crackheads. You know what I mean? That's that could be the wound for you. You know what I mean? And the it reason wasn't really a wound. I didn't really need for nothing. I didn't like. I didn't really go through much. I can't lie. That doesn't mean that it didn't affect you on an emotional level. And to be honest, like. I understand that because my mom was on drugs for like 12 years Mm -hmm. and I didn't need anything physically. But that doesn't take away from the fact that my mom was a different person when she was on drugs than when she was sober, Mm -hmm. you know. And for me, the the part that hurt me the most about it is I remember her before she was on drugs Mm -hmm. and how I used to look up to her. And then it came to a point when I moved down to Virginia with my aunt and uncle, like I had to. I had to just acknowledge her as dead because, you know, you don't know when they're if if they're going to overdose. You don't know when it's going to happen. And I didn't hear from her a lot. You know, it'd be times where I only heard from her once a year and I would call her old phone just to hear her voice. So, you know, like that is a heavy that's heavy. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And you don't just because someone has things on a material level, just because they have them on a material level does not mean that that does not. The child needs to be nourished. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, when someone is not functioning in a healthy and a balanced state, parents, when they're not functioning in a healthy and in a balanced, um, you know, aspect and dynamic, the child is the one who suffers. Mm -hmm. Because even if you didn't need something on a material level, there was still things that you needed emotionally from them that wasn't always available to you because that is an altered state. Mm-hmm. And it and it does and when someone's on drugs they're escaping. But you know what it was also that I could say my differences in my childhood and what my parents using drugs like I didn't know. Mm. I found out later. I never seen them stealing TVs or or doing certain things. I don't remember ever missing my mother for days. Like my mother was always around. Like I remember me crying because. I was a mama's boy, so I remember my, my crying just because my mother leaving, but I remember her coming back a couple of hours later, you know what I mean? So when I speak to other people who um, parents were drug addicts and they got stories, it's like I don't really remember the strung out stories mm-hmm. about my mother or, or the things, if it was, you know what I mean? Yeah, and strung out, it doesn't even have to be that extreme because, okay, yeah. you take people who have completely healthy parents, who have great jobs, who are providing on a material level, but say that they're not able to... Say like that the, there's just there could be a disconnect in the emotional aspects of what they need as a child um, in terms of being listened to, being heard, you know, connecting on like a deeper level. Uh, how was your day? And really asking these types of questions and engaging with the kids on that type of level. If your parents were both on drugs, even if they're functional addicts, there are going to be there could be subtle things that you know that weren't that weren't given to you that could still have an equally traumatic effect on you and that's why i was saying like trauma is not a cookie cutter thing and it doesn't have to be some crazy horror story you know what i mean yeah. so it's like that is in your fourth house 
And so there is some type of effect, you know, that in your childhood, there is something that could have created that wound for you. And it could be like I said, the fourth house is the unconscious mind. I'm not sure. Like we always had crab in. You know what I mean? We always we always had crab in, man. Like, you know, only the initiator would understand, you know what I mean? The initiated, the Brooklyn elite who who enjoyed crabbing would understand, you know, and um we always had crab in. We always had red lobster, like <laughs> we always had the great the great um the fake ass fast foods and shit. That was great. I don't know, you know, I never really I don't like I never really went through what a lot of my friends went through when they they friend they they their parents was on drugs. So with me, I always felt my downfall was my mother educating me too much mm-hmm. at a young age mm-hmm. because I was so advanced and past kids in my class and um, especially academically, mm-hmm. like homework, whatever it might have been, whatever subject it came, I was almost probably three grades ahead. Mm-hmm. So when kids were just learning certain things, I knew it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what got me in mischief because I was ahead and they was really busting their head to figure out the problem, and mm-hmm. I was playing. I'm sitting there joking around, cracking jokes, because I'm done already, you know what I mean? And I always thought that that was one of the main things that made me a problem child when I was a younger kid, you know what I mean? Whenever children are problem child, like problem children or have problematic behaviors and they act out genu- um, generally and Honestly, all the time, there is something that's missing in the home dynamic. Um, There is something that's missing on that emotional level because everything that you have been saying about your childhood is, well, we had this material. We had that material. We had this material. We had that material. And so there is something that behavior issues don't just happen. But I'm telling you, like, I never I never missed my mother. Mm-hmm. I never, it was never a point where I missed her, where I was like, I miss my mother. Like, I never went through that. I always had my mother. She was always there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember her point. Like, that's why I always feel like my, my stories, when I speak to other people who parents were on drugs, it, it, it differentiates from, from what their story is because, you know, my, my mother was on drugs at one point and, I just never went through certain things. Like my uncle was on drugs and I experienced my uncle stealing our TV TV. I experienced us coming home one day and we stand, we sitting on the porch with our friends and then he come upstairs with shit in his drawers. I experienced like, like mad shit, like shit rolling down his leg. And like, I experienced him, um, him coming home so drunk that he couldn't even get up the steps when me and my friends had to help him and he was drunk on crack a whole bunch of drugs you know what i mean so what did he live with you yeah he lived in the same house as us we all like my aunt owned two houses on a block and like we uh, my whole family lived in the house we all from honduras and you know they all came to america together and lived with each other so you don't think that had an effect on you no why no, because that was my uncle. Like, I loved him and shit, but, like, I was born knowing these niggas was on crack. You know what I mean? So, like, when I first got understanding of what anything was, I knew that my uncle was on crack. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, 
my uncle stole a TV. Like, we was mad, but we knew we was going to get a TV right back. You know what I mean? That was the weird shit about it. And probably at the time when when this type of shit was happening, I wasn't realizing that my other cousins or whoever might have been on drugs, too. You know what I mean? But these motherfuckers, like, things that kids need at the time as far as, like, affection from your parents and, like, we never, we was going every, we was going to every, every theme park. Like we was having fun. Like we, we lived the kid's life. You know what I mean? Like we grew up in a house. Like I, I grew up different from kids in the projects and ended up worse than them in some, some states. And I always, oh, me personally as an adult, I always think it was because I was ahead in education. That is other kids. If every kid who was ahead in education had misbehavior, then I could see that being okay. That's understandable. That's true, too. I understand what you're saying, because every kid is not going to have misbehavior problems. They say had they they all that some of them might just keep doing, you know, academic things and not getting the mischief or whatever. But. me personally, I was sitting there with nothing to do for 40 minutes, so I just but started doing shit. But misbehavior generally shows an issue with the emotional aspects of the child. And the reason why I say that, and you may say, well, no, my uncle being on drugs and me seeing him shit himself and him stealing our stuff, you may say as an adult that didn't affect you. But that is a part of your family dynamic. You know, that is a that's instability in the home. But you know what? It was worse shit going on outside. That doesn't mean So when anything. that shit was happening in the house, that shit was like such a light blow. Like I don't I don't remember hating my uncle after stealing a TV. You don't like have he to stole hate them. it and like we had a TV again and then it was like it was just so much shit to like shit to happen the way it was like I really feel like, you know, on a on a on a um on a level of people who who have never went through these types of things mm-hmm. and and suffered from I guess growing up with um parents and other um older elders in your family that was using drugs, um it really didn't bother me because just like I said, we was kids and we was naive to what was going on. So what I'm saying is that Even if, like, on a conscious level, you're saying, that didn't bother me. One of the first things I said is that on an unconscious level, you even seeing that instability. That's that's instability. And no matter who you are or what you've seen outside of the home, that can create a feeling like that is not a stable environment, you know, and that is something that can cause emotional issues in children. Like whenever you take a child to a therapist who's having misbehavior, they're acting out for a reason. Children don't just act bad. They just don't. You know, there's something else going on that's not being addressed in that child for them to have misbehavior. You know what I'm saying? And so what that's why I'm like, even if like you have to kind of dig deeper into that, you know what I mean? And you have to look from a child's perspective and say there was this instability in the home. You saw an adult, you know, someone who is basically uh, considered to be um, an authority figure to a degree. You know, um, because he's a grown up. Grown ups are supposed to be responsible. They're supposed to be able to take care of children. You're supposed to be able to trust um You know, you're supposed to be able to trust adults. And so for you getting this picture of one, 
this adult who's irresponsible, he's doing things, bad things, he's a family member, he lives in your home, and you're seeing all this stuff, you know, daily. You're seeing this shit daily. You know what I mean? That's going to have an effect on a child. No matter how bad somebody else's house is, you can't compare what's going on in your house to someone else's worst because it just doesn't work like that. I think we was mentally stronger, though, man. Like, as kids, like my cousin, like my cousin Philano, like, she's doing well for herself. And, like, mm-hmm. we all, like, doing okay. And so tell me, what did you go through before you were doing okay? I never was not doing okay. What were you going? So you said you sold drugs, right? Yeah. And so I didn't have to. This is why I say, like, it was certain things that I so did that I never you? had to do. Why did you do it then? I was mischievous. You know what I mean? That is self-destructive. Maybe, perhaps. You, you know, know I mean? that's, that's self-destructive behavior. So yeah. as a child, you were acting out and you were misbehaving. But how right? was a, I was a child that I, do I know that selling drugs is self-destructive? The, but you were an adult selling drugs, weren't you? I was a kid selling drugs also. But were you also an adult selling drugs? Yeah. So after you found out that it wasn't healthy or it wasn't a good thing for you to do. But even when I was an adult, I didn't, well, when I, you know, I didn't never, I, still to this day, I don't feel that selling drugs is wrong. So then tell me this. I feel like selling drugs is wrong because you can get locked up for it. And it's like, if you don't want to get locked up, just don't sell drugs. Mm -hmm. But I personally feel like where there's a demand, you supply. So I have a question. So it's actually very interesting that you chose to sell drugs when later on in life you found out that your parents used to be on drugs. And you also saw your uncle Mm -hmm. on drugs, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you started selling drugs as a child. And you continue to sell drugs as an adult. Mm -hmm. To me, it sounds like that defiant behavior, you're acting out. And you're acting out against something that I think possibly affected you more than you wanted to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Because you're smart. You're ahead of everybody else. Instead of taking what you have, you know, instead of taking this and using it productively, you took on and internalize self-destructive behaviors because the environment and the example that you had showed self-destructive behavior. You don't, you don't know. You don't actually know what self-destructive behavior is until you know what self-destructive behavior That's is. That's not true. Me personally, I was doing it because I needed some more Kooji sweaters. Okay. So you then know, why? I wanted Coogees. I wanted Maury's. This is before Maury's sneakers came <laughs> out and Cameron rapped about it. You know, I was wearing Maury Gators in sixth grade with Versace shoot. Shout out to Meatloaf. But um, serious shit. Like, it was certain shit that it was like, I got to a certain point in my life, like, at a teenager, and I was been doing shit, you know what I mean, under my mother nose that my mother didn't know about. And I didn't have to because my mother bought me everything. Mm-hmm. My mother would literally go out and spend five racks of her work, of her working, her money working, really working, and go spend five racks in Macy's and, and all these stores in Bloomingdale's on Tommy Hilfiger and Nautica. This is the 90s, you know what I mean, and different whatever, just to keep me fresh and, um, it wasn't about that. It was like, it was me. Well, well, drug dealing, especially drug dealing and just hustling as a whole, it came from more of a, um, a supply and demand type thing. Like me, I was always a kid that did research. My mother made me research different subjects. She would give me, I, 
as much as I had homework in school, I had homework at home. Mm -hmm. So my mother would always give me certain things to do. So if I was learning multiplication in school, I was already past multiplication, right? I was on long division. So I would be doing long division for three hours when I was in the house. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was just certain shit that I would do. So I was when I learned how to, like, get money and they would start teaching me money and taxes and certain shit. Mm -hmm. It was like, what? Like, oh, I could do this and do that. So drug dealing to me was like some fly shit because it was like you wouldn't get taxed for it. You know what I mean? And you would learn certain ways to hide your money. And it was just certain tricks to the game mm -hmm. that I was like, holy shit, drug dealing is the shit. And then I started relating it to certain things that happened in the past mm -hmm. in history as far as the prohibition when guys were selling alcohol and um, it transitioned into what it is now. So and, how about this then? Um, how we just had the conversation about energy mm -hmm. and how we had the conversation about you not wanting to go back there because you are in a better place now. You know, and you not wanting to be associated with that stuff. And you said, you know, for every action, there's a reaction, essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. So. It's I see a, a theme here. It always sounds good on the surface, but beneath there is something deeper at hand. There is an unhealthiness that's present and it is destructive because if you're smart and, yeah, you were ahead of your class and all these other things. Why would you choose to intentionally put yourself in a dangerous position where you are throwing your entire life away if you get caught? If you're smart, you had everything See, that but you that's want. The part, that's the part of the knowledge that I didn't have. Like, but, I didn't know. And like, why not? Because, like I said, you witnessed self-destructive behavior as a child mm -hmm. and it permeated into you and on an unconscious level but why, it, that on a self on a on the level of of what's self-destructive why is selling drugs self-destructive because one it's against the law two by selling drugs to someone else you are assisting them with being self-destructive mm -hmm. three you're smart you don't have to do it you weren't doing it because you that was the only way you knew how to make ends meet or so get that's what money. I'm saying. Like because it's against the law, it's not. Doesn't mean that it's self destructive. It's self destructive in the people in do sense. things that's against the law every day. And that doesn't mean that those things aren't self destructive neither, because it goes back to what you said. For every action, there's a reaction. Mm -hmm. And so to put yourself in an unnecessarily dangerous position for yourself and it's like where is it there's no healthy patterning there where you're not using your smarts to help to advance yourself in terms of creating a, a solid healthy life like you're doing now because if it wasn't self-destructive then you wouldn't be resistant or you wouldn't want to disassociate yourself from those who are still in that lifestyle if it truly wasn't unhealthy and if it truly was something that you could just do detach from it affecting your well-being and your like your happiness in the sense of creating a life which is stable solid where you're not causing yourself to have extra stress because you have to look over your you know you have to look over your shoulder you it's, it's a very I mean I've been around people who are lawbreakers you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. I've seen that environment it's 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 a lot of stress 
But maybe it's a lot of stress for you. No, I'm not saying it's a lot of stress for me. And maybe what if that's... it's not a lot of stress for the lawbreaker who's been breaking the law his whole life? That you get adjusted to moving out of a certain energy because, you know, like when it comes to stress and when I, the reason why I use the word stress is because when it comes to anything, you adapt. So it, if I put you in the North Pole, you'll adapt to the cold eventually if you don't die. Um, eventually. You'll but adapt if, to the, the Amazon eventually if if you don't die from getting bit by different shit. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, I understand what you're saying. But what I'm saying is that. It is undeniably a volatile reality. You know, it's it's a volatile world. You know, there's a lot that goes. There's so many. You know, the politics of it. It's not so cut and dry as selling drugs and making money. It just doesn't work like that. There's always a billion what ifs and factors that you have to factor into your every everyday life. You know what I mean? And it's just not it's not a healthy Environment is not a healthy way of operating, which is why now that you are in a healthier space, you're saying, I don't want to go back to that shit mm-hmm. because you feel better where you are now opposed to where you were. Even if you didn't understand as a child that it was self-destructive, what we learn is what we're going to emulate. Mm-hmm. And so even though on the surface, it's like you had everything you wanted and, you you know, y'all had money and stuff, but there was something deeper there. There was something beneath the surface that was missing that caused you to have the defiant behavior to act out in an ill way. And, you know, even as a child, if you look at it, when you act out and you misbehave, you're going to get a negative response. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, even though you understood that this was going to create a negative response, you kept doing it. And so with cause and effect, if you're intentionally and you repetitively well, do something, again, I like attention, but so I'll, I'll, I'll say something positive mm-hmm. to get a response. I'll say something negative just to get a response. But that attention is that energy with it. And so it's like, what were you missing? to where you would take any form of attention you could get. And that's why I was saying something on that emotional aspect could have been lacking because if you're you know acting out. You know what it was, B? My mother used to stop bringing home Fig Newton sometimes, and I used to love Fig Newtons. That's depressing. <laughs> And <laughs> but you see your you your safe your safety zone is talking about material stuff. And I think the reason why your safety zone is talking about material stuff because everything else was a fucking wreck. And you know that's completely understandable. So when you talk about things being good, you talk about things being good on a material level. You talk about things being good because of money is good. And you talk about drug dealing being good because you're making money from it so you're you constantly yeah, bring once i was taught money and, and learned how to how things function like and i'm not saying drug dealing was good but i was thinking any way that you could make money off the grid of the government knowing mm-hmm. that the money was good because i'm from a third world country and where, where we from we so poor that any piece of money that you can make is great. So, you know, you'll have guys come over here from Honduras, from Ecuador, from Nicaragua. You know, I'm from Central America. Like, you know, these 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 places, El Salvador, these places is where um, $30 means something. So mm-hmm. it's like if you could make um, if you could make $600, you know, what I mean, um, 
not legal money, mm-hmm. legal money, and and send it down to your peoples. They good for two months. So mm-hmm. it was always ideas of bringing up schemes so you can make money in the United States to send it home to your peoples. But that is it's as if uh, well, it was just natural. Yeah, that's understandable. See, but. The behavior that you chose, the methods, it was creating the same thing that you learned and that you did as a child. And as a child, you acted out and you misbehaved because you said you liked attention Mm -hmm. and you were fine with even receiving negative attention. To me, like we said earlier when we were talking um, and I had stated, a child does not misbehave for just no reason at all and you keep going back to money and mm-hmm. what money can buy one thing money can't buy anybody is peace and yeah, but i always had peace that's what i'm trying to tell you like it there, never was drama on my uncle's bus they gun shout out to you nah. <laughs> crazy <laughs> nah, but, but nah seriously like i never really i never really i can't act like i've you know, it's a lot of people I know that have these stories, and I mm-hmm. can't act like I've went through times where I've cried. Like, my pops got murdered. Like, I cried then. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, it wasn't many times where I was literally worried about what was going on in my life. Like, it, was, it wasn't. I literally rebelled just because I had free time. I had free time on my hands. You That's know what I mean? definitely learned behavior, though. Children don't just pick things up. From nowhere, you learned that behavior, and like we were saying earlier. But I used to watch Juice. Even if okay, so even if you did watch Juice, there were other things going on in the household mm-hmm. that was modeling that behavior as well. It wasn't. It, I swear to God, we never seen guns. We never even seen drugs. Like I found that about drugs later on in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was just certain. My 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 fucking family was if you asked me my family didn't use drugs Mm -hmm. i found this out later and then it all made sense and when i started putting it together and i'm like oh shit these niggas definitely was doing some bullshit you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. back then it it didn't resonate with us because nobody wanted for nothing we had a we had a large family everybody was there everybody was doing them and it was like we was kind of okay so that's why i always say like i never really felt the neglect part of what happens during stages of drugs and shit like that. Okay, so you said that when looking back, you're like, oh, they were definitely on something. Yeah. What do you feel as if those characteristics or traits were? Well, you know, once you start selling drugs, you start realizing it. You know, late night creeps, mm-hmm. you know, you them leaving before you go to sleep. But the thing is, is that if you go to sleep at 10, if you go to sleep at 10 o'clock and she left at 8, you don't know what time she came back. Mm-hmm. She could have, she come back right before you fucking go to sleep. She could have been using crack all night. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or whatever the fuck it might have been. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and now me being a grown man and, and I see how women deal with their kids and certain things, it, it, it taught me not to judge them in certain states and I, I just watch them and I'm like damn this is crazy like because she come out at this time my kid went to sleep and she come back home before the motherfucker wake up he don't know what the fuck happened mm-hmm. mommy was in the house you know what I mean or whatever the fuck it might be mm-hmm. so 
when you when you think about it and you think about it all over again and you think about how your other uncles was visibly on drugs and you knew right. they was on drugs and you just like oh they just was functional mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's all it really was and it was like that's why i don't judge people on drugs because i have family members that are fucking phenomenal have great jobs mm-hmm. that were on hardcore drugs like and I've, I've seen that too these and niggas got great lives to me it seems as if you're still deviating from even what you said you're Self, mm-hmm. when it comes to not wanting to go back to a certain lifestyle, which we had a full conversation about because of the negative impact that it had on you, mm-hmm. the negative outcomes that it created. And for the sake of keeping that uh, illusionary safety net of material, you're saying, well, it wasn't that bad to sell drugs. But if it wasn't so bad, you wouldn't be so opposed to going back to that life. No, I'm only opposed to it because niggas could go to jail for selling drugs. That's still If they made reaction. drugs legal tomorrow, tax don't be selling drugs. But, the p- but I don't want to go to jail because I'm a predicate felon. And I sit here and I'm like, nigga, I don't want to go to jail, so I'm not doing shit. So therefore, I like, I'm not selling drugs, but I'm not telling niggas to not sell drugs and, and send it home to Trinidad. I'm telling you, go sell your drugs for as long as you could and send it home to Trinidad. But see, you are, cons- <laughs> <laughs> but you, you're considering the reaction. You're considering the consequence because it would Hell be, yeah. it would be a destructive consequence to you if you were to do that again. Indeed so. so there is a shift in your mindset. There's a shift in how you take care of yourself. There's a new consideration that you have for yourself and mm-hmm. for your life that wasn't there previously. Yeah, because when you were a kid you know especially in the streets you know the way you're educated and, and whatever it might be from crime or whatever it might be you sit there and you say yo i'm 20 i'm 19 i got five years in me i got six years in me so it's nothing even when bobby just got sentenced like i was like that shit ain't nothing like he got seven years his man got fucking 80 years fuck you fuck nigga seven years ain't shit nigga do seven years in your head do your push-ups come home and be quiet you know what i mean do what you gotta do but to somebody else they like seven years of your livelihood you know what i mean but it's like when you understand the um repercussions of the actions that you do you you accept you accept certain things and, and you have to and i also feel like there is a new value that you placed on your years there's a new value that you've placed on your life you know what i'm saying and so it's like you're not as careless with your life you're not as careless with your years you're not as careless with you know like you have goals you have a vision now you know what i mean you're learning how to um you're starting to accept more positive energy more positive responses and you know you are seeing the difference and even what i'm saying is that there are still things about the action to the reactions that is destructive, that isn't healthy. It's not an energy that you want to move out of anymore because you've learned to deal with things in a healthier way. You're learning how to take whatever anger or frustration that you have and you're not you like you're not abusing yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because that you, you're abusing yourself when you put yourself in known situations that are going to have negative and you were a smart kid you knew if you sold drugs that was illegal and you were going to go to jail that's a fact you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like even even if you didn't understand to degree you still understood that it was going to have a negative effect on your life but you know when you're a criminal 
what happens with criminals is that we tend to think that we smarter than, than the law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So when you get that education, that part where it's like, well, if you do this, you do that. If you do this, they'll do that. And if they'll do this or they'll do that. You start thinking that you're smarter than them. So when you do get caught, it's just like a, oh, shit, they caught me or niggas told on me or whatever it might be. So, you know, that's a part of it also. That yeah. you think that you're invincible because of the education that you might have gained from your hustle. But you also have to consider the fact that you're creating an unnecessary risk. No, fact. And so with that being taken into consideration, there is a certain lack of value placed on yourself mm-hmm. when you're taking unnecessary risk because you're not seeing how you're more valuable than the risk. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's like the risk outweighs you. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly because, you know, I've taken risk where I felt like it was the best thing I could do. Like, yo, this shit is $200,000. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. But then when I really think about it now, it'd be like $200,000 or you. Exactly. You know what I mean? And when you trade it with yourself, you're like, hell no. Because your self-worth has increased. Exactly. You know, and I think that there, you did acknowledge the self-destructive behavior. That that was probably a conversation that you've had with yourself where you're like, I'm, I can't keep doing this to myself. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It's, it has to be a conversation with you. And, you know, when people are on drugs and when people do unhealthy shit, if like you have an eating disorder, if you have anything that you're doing unhealthy to yourself, there has to be a realization within self that says, I can't keep doing this to myself. Yeah, well, you know, insanity. When you realize you you keep doing the same shit over and over again, accepting different results, and it doesn't happen, you realize that you're insane. So you got to sit there, you got to reassess, mm-hmm. and you say, "Yo, you know what? I'm gonna rechange my plan. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that because we've been doing the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. and ain't shit changed. You know what I mean? We keep landing in the same fucking spot. So you you switch it up. And you know, and sometimes people are they get addicted to that response, though. They get addicted to the destruction. That's something that that feeds them you know it's like when what feeds you has to change and i think for you that was something that fed you a lot was that negativity in response to the things that you did and you you said you know what that's not what i want anymore it was a very interesting study actually um where it showed the power of words and it showed the power of energy and it had to do with plants um was it hold on was it plants it, I, th- I think it was one with plants and there was also one with um what was it rice What's and this, water white people making up more shit no it's a scientific study right. and was there white people making this up was it white scientists possibly but they recorded it <laughs> so it's on tape you know what i mean it's, that you can't refute what's on tape you know yeah. and so basically what it was was um they would speak Words They would say, I love you to a certain plant or to the rice. Then they would say like nasty things like I hate you and, you know, other negative things to the other plant. And then another one they just completely ignored. So the one that got the positive words, it, you know, it, it was, it flourished. The one that got the negative words rot, rotted. But the one that was the worst was the one that wasn't acknowledged at all. Mm. Ignore. And so that energy, 
that energy, you know what I mean? It affects us. So that response that we're getting from people, there could have been a part of you that wasn't being taken care of. And I, you know, because like I said, everything that you go back to, you alluded to materials. They're like, well, we had this and we had that. We had this, we had that. But you could have been a part of you could have been that that plant that didn't get anything. So you're like, well, fuck it. I'll take the negative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. We just never missed our mom. I never missed my parents. Yeah, like, it's, I didn't. it's about catering to the entire child. Mm-hmm. Um, so if money is something that's super important and your parents, because everybody has different experiences, right? And so if your parents didn't grow up with money or anyone didn't grow up with money, they may think that money is what's going to nourish the child the most. And so there could be other aspects that are lacking unintentionally you know that uh, there's there may be another engagement piece that's that's what i told you i didn't realize they was up on drugs because the only reason was because the things that other kids went through Mm -hmm. when their parents was on drugs i didn't go through so i used to sit there and be like wait up i had furs minks like literally minks in fifth sixth grade and fucking Versace suits with Maury Gators in sixth grade. Like, I have the pictures for But you did it shit. again. You just did it again. No, listen. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. When the other kids, they didn't have anything or they didn't have... And my parents was always there. Like, I don't remember them not missing. I don't know nothing about the... They, they, they parents getting arrested for crimes and all weird shit. Like, mm-hmm. I just never went through none of that. So it was always like... You know, as an adult, when I started thinking about things over and over and realizing um, drug users patterns and functional ones, because I know functional coke heads have been sniffing coke for 20 years, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And you probably wouldn't even know they're a coke head in the street unless you sniff coke yourself. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? So it's so many things. And when I realized that I'm like, damn, these niggas was functional fucking fiends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was... Running around, still had money, you know what I mean? Still was keeping the family tight, but, you know what I mean, they was on drugs. And, you know, even moving away from the drug piece, even if Mm -hmm. that wasn't, like, the sole thing of it, like I said, and, you know, you just have to figure out why was I being self-destructive from grade school? Mm -hmm. You know, why is it that I craved that negative reinforcement? You know, why did I choose negative reinforcement throughout my entire life up until this point instead of building positive reinforcement? Why did I choose self-harming behaviors? And I feel like patterns? I needed attention. I, I had so much. I grew up with so much people in the house that I needed attention at all times. So I would do certain shit and I would, I would want attention back. And then when I was done with my work or whatever at school, I would do shit to get attention. You know what I mean? And I would crack jokes or whatever the fuck it might be or play games just to get attention. And in the midst, I would, I would cause trouble. And, you know, I always tell people when you when you funny or crack jokes, you have to learn how to fight eventually become a rich comedian or stop joking on people because people don't like to be made fun of. So I have a question. Why do you feel as if you weren't getting enough attention? Because if you're saying I was acting out for attention, Mm -hmm. what, where, where is that piece missing? No, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I just didn't have attention at the time. I was done with my my work. Now I wanted attention from somebody. You know what I mean? But you said you would also do that at home too. Nah, nah, I never really did that at home. I didn't. 
at okay. all. I would never I would never act out at home. The most I would do is fight my female cousins, but I grew up with 17 of them. They used to whip on my head. So I had to be tough. Like, they the reason that I became a tough man because I grew up with so much women that just take shit out on me. Like, to this day, I be thinking about boyfriends that they had. Like, if I see him, I might fight him because I know he the reason that she came home. <laughs> fuck with me. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, like, in a nutshell, I didn't really... I don't know, man. I don't. I can't find a moment in my life, or when I was a kid, where it was like that devastating moment that I know that like might have shifted my life, or I don't. I don't know. Like you said, to every action, there's a reaction, mm-hmm. and so you are reacting to something. To act out negatively, and to choose that channel of energy because like how we were talking about energy has to resonate so there's something that resonated with that negative behavior you know what that could have been when i first seen the freak nick tapes i was so pissed off that i wasn't crazy like i was so mad that i wasn't a part of freak nick and i think that might have definitely caused a shift of my behavior growing up. You know, if, you know, you felt that strongly about it, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> the point is, mm-hmm. is that there, that was re- a reaction. You know, negatively acting out is a reaction. Mm-hmm. And so for that behavior to have continued for so long, because a lot of kids will also grow out of bad behavior. You didn't grow out of that. You know what I'm saying? That's something that you did. After you got to a certain point, you're like, okay, this is crazy. I got to stop. You know what I mean? But you never grew out of that bad behavior, which means that was something that was embedded. You know what I mean? Which means it's not going to happen for no reason. And it's not going to just come out of nowhere with no, with, with no roots to it. Because it was something that was very deeply rooted. If it was simply just for attention, then do you feel as if you were just selling drugs for attention? Because that's the exact same behavior that carried on from, you know, acting out in class because you were done with your work. It's possible. It's possible. (coughs) Hold on. I just drank a swig of water and almost died. But um, (laughs) it's possible because... I didn't need shit. There was no reason for me to sell drugs. So if you didn't need it, how come mm-hmm. you still didn't feel fulfilled? Cause I if, wanted to um show people that I could sell drugs better than them. Why did you? I need, thought I was smarter than them. So why did you need that affirmation, and especially through that negative channel? Like you could have. I didn't know it was a negative channel. I always thought it was a positive you don't, channel. You don't have to know on a conscious level that it's a negative channel for the energy to be negative in its nature. I didn't know. You didn't have to know. The point is, is that there's a reason why you chose negative energy because it was people around negative. me that were selling drugs my neighborhood i, I picked said it that. up i said that you internalize self-destructive behavior i picked it up it's the same thing like if you if you know you grew up on a block with a whole bunch of dominicans who play softball there's a big chance that you might stop playing softball you know what i mean i grew up right my house connected to a dope house where they sell heroin you know what i mean so when you grow up on a block where they sell heroin and when you walk to school it's crack valves stuck in your tim boots and the cuts and shit like that and you getting chased by straight dogs like i grew up in a certain environment where that was regular so that's what you being taught you know what i mean 
the same thing as anybody else. Like you could teach a kid to do whatever you want a kid to do. It's how you groom the mind of the kid. That's why terrorists could groom a 12 year old to go blow up whatever they want because that's how they was taught. And if they never seen motherfucking, you know, they never seen um, a Martin episode, you know, they might think it's okay to just blow some shit up. So consciously or not, and whether you're aware, aware of it or not, you were groomed to be self-destructive. Perhaps, yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And so, you know, and, and like I said, like that, even if you felt on a conscious level that it didn't affect you, you know, negatively per se or whatever, it did. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And it's in and the proof is, you know, that saying the proof is in the pudding. You know, like how they say actions. I love pudding. <laughs> pudding is delicious. Yes. But, you know, dude, these actions ain't delicious. This shit ain't cute. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they say actions speak louder than words. And so when you look at the actions from grade school up until you decided to make that change in your life, those actions speak louder that there was stuff that was permeating you and affecting you, you know, and shaping you to honestly, uh, there, there was a lack of value of self. And we talked about that. You know how you're like, you look at it now, like $200,000 instead of me, fuck no. But there was a point where that was more important. You know, there was a point where you weren't as you, you didn't value yourself as much. Yeah, but if you don't know yourself, mm-hmm. what do you to know? <clears throat> that is true. There's many people that don't know themselves. Yeah, I've taught women like I've sat with women like you know I um I speak on women a lot because I like women. Right. So I mean I talk about a, a lot of things about women and like I speak on like different things and like. Um, 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 you know, um, just having, you know, ha- having, having motherfucking backbone as a woman, mm-hmm. having motherfucking, um, um, drive, have just different things. And it's, you know, um, I say certain things about women, like when I had a discussion about makeup a couple of weeks ago and I like got attacked by the makeup world and the woman was like, oh, you're gay. How did And I'm like, word. Mm-hmm. Nigga word <laughs> like dead ass like because i said you know what i mean because you know it was certain women that were saying things and i'm like yo listen you can't say this if you come outside every day and you feel in your heart that you have to put on makeup mm-hmm. in order to present yourself to certain people mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's called low self-esteem right that's called you don't accept yourself as is, you know what I mean? And it's like me, uh, the nigga that I am, is that I will accept you as is. So I don't understand how they could say I'm bashing them. Bitch, I'm not bashing you. I don't. I would love you without your makeup on. You understand? You mad at me because I'm not loving you for making the decision of putting makeup on now i don't give a fuck about you putting makeup on either i really don't care Mm -hmm. but what i'm saying is that if you wake up every day and you say i gotta throw on makeup to go to the store i gotta go on makeup to to take a cab real fast to get my kid from school whatever it might be to do this to do that to do this to do that that's because you don't feel comfortable in your own skin Mm -hmm. and that's it so the people that like 
they comment me over that. I don't give a fuck what you talking about. I don't care what group you down with. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Like I don't, I'm not here for that. I'm not the group. You know the 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 group I'm right away. I just gotta be like, oh, that's the such and such community. I'm gonna be easy with them today. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck what y'all niggas think. You can suck my dick. So um, <laughs> I say all that to say this. Like seriously. You know, I don't have anything against women that wear makeup. Right. You know what I mean? At all. What I'm saying is, just like I said, if you have to use makeup for every instant of your life, it's and, and for all for most instances because you just don't feel confident in how you look. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me or another man about anything because if you know how I look, you can't tell me nothing about how you look because I don't know how you look. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know how you look. You create yourself every day. If you come out and you start dealing with yourself in a natural state and you speaking from a level of certain confidence, then I can understand you and we can have a conversation about whatever might be. But if you got to make up yourself every day, I don't make up my, I don't even, I don't even care how I dress. I don't care about that shit no more. I used to care about how my outfit looked when I was a kid. I don't give a fuck. You know why? Cause I, I seen people just now in New York Fashion Week that I know is fucked up. You know what I mean? And they life twisted. They had great outfits on. They took great photos. You just alluded that situation you just said. Yes. Literally alluded what I was trying to say to you in the terms of you, How so? Because your safety net has been what well, we had all this stuff. You know, I never needed for anything mm-hmm. and this, that, and the third. And then you went deeper and said, well, shit, I used to get crack pipes stuck in my shoes my mm. uncle was shitting on himself and i saw this i was getting chased by stray dogs my house was connected to a cra- a heroin home mm. and so there's a lot of fucked up stuff about that situation you know that has been blanketed by money that's been blanketed by material stuff and i know that with the makeup conversation it kind of veered off a little bit because i know that's probably something you wanted to address but um, what you were saying about people not knowing themselves, not knowing yourself does not cause you to harm yourself. That's a behavior, mm-hmm. you know, and that behavior comes from, um, you know, other other venues. You know what I mean? And like we were talking about, things are learned and you do teach children, you know, how you're teaching them and what you teach them, truly teach them by honestly more so what they see is what they're going to emulate. You know, you can say whatever you want, but it's going to be the actions that really, you know, that really stay. And so that's what I was trying to say. You know, like um, you were saying, I didn't have this bad childhood because we had money and we had this and I had whatever I wanted and all this other stuff. But there was so much other shit going on. It's chaos. No, but it really wasn't. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like what's chaos to y'all was natural to me. It may- and... And and just like I said, like I never missed my parents. I never, I never wanted for things. Yeah. Like all the other the the hardships that people was going through, what might be labeled as hardships for me, mm-hmm. where I don't see them as as that, or for other people that haven't gone through anything, it was some mediocre shit. You know what I mean? Because when you put in the jungle, when you put in certain predicaments where you have to adapt, mm-hmm. you adapt. You know what I mean? Like, I always tell a joke and I be like, yo, man, the only way I'll find that if a kid was mine, if I didn't know, is that I'll put two chains on them and a pair of Jordans and leave them on Mother Gaston and, um, and, um, Sutter. 
Mm-hmm. In the middle of Brownsville and see if he comes back. If he comes back, he mine. If he don't, he not mine. You know what I mean? And it's like a joke, but it's like, you know, it's just the, the form of just saying like, yo, you know, you adapt. If you know how to adapt mm-hmm. fast, you a part of me. You a part of my family or whatever the fuck might be. Cause you just adapt to shit. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, it might be a fucked up situation a month ago, but when you adapt to it, is it fucked up? You know what I mean? That's a, and that's an opinion. And I think it goes to that calling a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. If something's unhealthy, if something is destructive, if something is volatile in terms of that type of environment and all that negativity around you, whether you thought it was that bad or not, you know, because you got used to it. Like we were saying, actions speak louder than words. The overall impression that was absorbed by you as a child. You know, was that self-destructive, those self-destructive aspects, you know? Mm-hmm. So you take that person who you said is fucked up, that had on the nice clothes. You may ask them and say, they may say, my life is great. I was just in fashion week. You know, I don't want for anything. I feel cool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like, so it's the same thing. But when it comes to, like, you, like it's just about the proof is really in the fucking pudding. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it is there. And so it's just being able to get to the point to acknowledge, you know, even if you, you're a strong person, mm-hmm. you know, even if it didn't break you on like a conscious level, even if it didn't break you emotionally or anything, this shit that you grew up around, it shaped a large part of your life that you walked away from because it wasn't healthy. You see what I'm saying? And being able to get to that point, no matter what type of way, you know, um, it broke you or not, that doesn't really matter. Because when we can acknowledge things, then we can release anything else that's remaining from it. So it may not come out in, you know, you breaking the law or doing dumb shit. It could come out in maybe some of the uh, ways that's, that you deal with other people. Or it can come out in ways that you emote and you, um, you know, you and your emotional connections and things. There may still be ways of survival. You could still be in survival mode in other ways. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, that's why it's just so important to even if you didn't feel like it was that bad, you know what I mean? Still being able to go back and say, you know what? This was not a good situation. Like, it's just negativity. It was around me. This and then, you know, it shaped me to be this way. Being able to really just say that instead of saying, you know, it wasn't that bad, but it was what it was. You know, there's some fucking facts there that just weren't healthy for a child to be around. You know, that is not a a, a safe environment for a child to be in. And, you know, and then once you kind of uh, start to acknowledge those things, even if you didn't feel like you had it that bad, you will start to uh, get it'll go deeper into the internal work and how you relate to others. You know, getting yourself out of survival mode in other ways where you may still be there, you know, like even like when you were hustling and everything, there may still be leftover mindsets or leftover uh, trust issues that aren't even necessary anymore. You could still have outdated ways of uh thinking or feeling or dealing with people that's not necessary anymore and it could be harming you more than helping you because you're not in that environment anymore and that that doesn't resonate with where you are right now you know so what I was going to say about the situation with my mom like I never needed for anything neither you know I actually I picked up my spending habit I had to break from her we would go into like I'll never forget like you know she was 
I'd have whatever the fuck I wanted to. Like, I had Jordans on the first day they came out. I was spoiled. So I would cry if I didn't get them the first day. And before my mom was on drugs, she got on drugs when I was like 12 or 13. Before that, I admire her because she was one of the only, uh, well, not saying the only, but she was a single mom who didn't have a college degree, making $70,000 a year in the 90s. Mm. And I think that's amazing. That's overlived. You know what I'm saying? So even on on that, that's not something, it it didn't affect me until later in my life. You know what I mean? And she sent me down to live with my aunt and uncle so that I didn't see her that way. Mm -hmm. You know, and even when I was down there, I've had that material security as well, you know? And so in my childhood years, she was there for the most part. And I did live with my grandparents for a little bit because there was some other stuff I went through. You know what I mean? Like I had an abusive stepfather and my mom divorced him because he was abusive, you know? And that's when I went to go live with my grandparents. And even if I felt like um, living with my grandparents wasn't bad and I was happy there, I still have to acknowledge that instability and how it affected me. Mm -hmm. Even though it wasn't necessarily just terrible situation, as a child, children do need a certain amount of stability, like safety, you know? Um, And they, you know, children just need that. And so even though it wasn't that bad, I still had to acknowledge the ways that it had a negative impact on me, you know, so that I could move out of uh, different modes. Like I'll take it, for example, um, something that I had to really learn uh, to stop doing. Um, I used to keep everybody at arm's distance. I wouldn't really emotionally connect to anyone too tight. And I didn't know why, because just like you, I was like, well, it wasn't that bad. But I realized that that inconsistency just from other things and moving around a lot, like even we just like moved, Mm -hmm. you know, even though we weren't poor or nothing, we just moved. And so, you know, always having to um, detach and reattach, make new friends and stuff, you know, it kind of creates an insecurity on, well, how long is this person going to be in my life? Mm -hmm. And that's on a very unconscious level. You know, or my mom and my stepdad, they used to argue a lot. And um, for a while, when I first moved down to uh, Virginia with my aunt and uncle, slams used to scare me. I would literally jump. And I didn't know it had that effect on me because at the time it didn't seem that bad. It's not like, you know, I, I wasn't a problem child. I was very good in school. You know what yeah. I mean? But, you know, looking back, having to see where did this shit come from? You know, and just having to go back and kind of acknowledge where even if I didn't feel as if it had a certain effect on me, it did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that was, you know, that's what I, that's what I was, you know, trying to get through to you. Yeah, so I did two episodes um, with a therapist, and she's been like making me realize that certain things that happened back in your childhood might reflect on your adulthood, on your thinking, and certain right. things. And I do agree, you know what I mean. So I do know where you're coming from. But mm-hmm. um, we've been here with um Danielle Ayoki. Ayoka. Ayoka, <laughs> Ayoka with the A. Um, That's right. For some time, um, sipping Duce, Duce season, and um, shout out to the UN brand, things of that nature. UNAthletics.com. Make sure and also make sure you know adjust your adjust your bevel blade when you first get it, because when I first got it, it was mad sharp. It was good, and then it was so sharp. You know what I mean? 
that I got a scab two days later from like a piece of my line on my bed. And I was like, God damn, this shit was sharp as hell. And I didn't even realize that you could adjust it. And then when I adjusted it, my barber was like, oh, this shit is money now. And then he tried to like steal my fucking bevel trimmer. And I was like, no, listen, this is what's wrong with you Dominican niggas now. But you know what I mean? Um, Shout out to Danielle Ayoka. Um, Make sure you go follow her on Twitter mystic lipsticks that's what it is right <laughs> Mis- Spe- yeah mystic. spell it out for people so they know so they can follow you and hit you up on social media m-y-s-t-i-c-x lipstick l-i-p-s-t-i-c-k okay that's dope she's an educated woman she has a lot of education she, um, she has um good toes and um, she has a nice <laughs> smile and, and curly hair uh, luxurious mane and um <laughs> We appreciate her today for um, bringing her knowledge to the table and um, giving us this um, this discussion that has um, brought new lights, you know what I mean, new brilliance through the clouds. So we thank you. And um, that's that's it for the week, y'all. Tax season. I also want to say, yo, shout out to everybody in London, the London show. Um, the audio was fucked up because you know y'all niggas anybody was the London show know what happened you niggas was screaming from the crowd like crazy and then I had y'all talking in the mic and the, y'all was not talking in the mic and I had to keep telling y'all put the mic up to your fucking mouth so motherfuckers can hear you so y'all know what y'all did so it really fucked the audio up so I come put it out this week for the people or whatever so now y'all got this we with um Mystic Lipstick the Retrograde Queen <laughs> You know what I mean? Boom. <laughs> Mercury Retro in action. We in the motherfucker building. Shout out to Dental Land. Be safe, though. This episode of Tax Season was produced by Jonathan Menor and executive produced by Chris Morrow. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.